Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of LMS Cast. This is Joshua Millage, and I'm joined with Christopher Badgett, my co-host. And today we have a special guest, Tim Cooper, who is the host of the online course coaching podcast and the founder of eCourseDomination.com. Tim, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm excited to uh, talk about all the the various things in the eCourse world. Thanks, guys. It's a real pleasure to be on your show. I've been enjoying catching up on a few episodes, so it's going to be fun. That's awesome. That's fantastic. Well, Chris has been telling me a lot about the engagement that you do with with Blab and uh, other platforms. So, Chris, why don't you start off with, I guess, this kind of Q&A format in a way that we're going to do today. Absolutely. Yeah, a big uh, selling proposition with our learning management system plugin is engagement and that we provide some tools in Lifter LMS to make it easy to engage and automate engagement. But so we're really focused on that. And I, you know, when I found your podcast, I was like, wow, here's a guy who's so into this stuff just like us. It was it was just awesome to come across you. But uh, I want to get into your experience and expertise yourself and also what you find out what you found out from interviewing guests around engagement and perhaps we can start with just a question around engagement tools like uh, periscope or blab or whatever how do you see increasing engagement with external tools for online courses like what's working what what are you seeing in the industry i think for online instructors the the platform of choice is blab I, i i i did discover Periscope before I discovered Blab because Periscope came into being a couple of months beforehand. Problem with Periscope, well, look, Periscope has definitely got its its place as well. Periscope, though, is either going to just be you on on camera and then people can put comments in, so you can do a Q and A or a short tutorial and that sort of stuff. So, so it's quite good, and then you can save that to your camera roll and then upload that as as content for your course. You can also, one thing I did do with Periscope with my background is in working with elite athletes and I help out at a local AFL football club here, is I took my camera into the change rooms and I actually had my son hold it while I was strapping up the ankles and preparing the athletes to go onto field. And so we had, and we, we had people sort of coming in from Turkey and that sort of stuff and watching me do the strapping and, and we're changing the, the camera angle and they're asking questions. So as it, for, for an interactive, so depending on what you're teaching, so say if you're a PT or a yoga instructor or something like that and, and you've got to show a technique, like, like cooking, I've, I've got a, a friend who's a PT who demonstrates cooking over Periscope. So as far as engagement there is concerned, it's absolute magic. But I think if you're just going to do talking head type stuff, I think Blab is even a, a more powerful tool because then you're coming into a conversation and you can bring people on the same, like I've run my uh, podcast episodes now, my interviews. <coughs> Sorry, I've got a frog in my throat. <laughs> I run my podcast interviews via Blab as well, and I invite my podcast audience to come along. So what will happen is I'll, I'll put on my website when my, my upcoming interviews and invite them to come along live and type their questions in so we can actually now because you know yourself guys now when you're doing a podcast you, you know you, you're talking out there to you know, to the universe and and you don't really know you, you're getting no direct feedback like you might get some comments after you post but you're not getting that you know and, and you don't know whether you're actually right hitting the nail on the head so to speak whereas if you if you bring that across onto blab and and you're interviewing you can have them. You can have your audience asking questions in the sidebar that you can actually address as part of the interview, and that's really, really powerful. And then 
Blab then opens up a whole new world for online instructors. We can do hot seat coaching. It's, it's, it's a free product. You can access it from your phone. But the thing that you've got to remember with Blab is that there is no possibility of privacy. So whatever you do on there, it's open to the world, which isn't a bad thing either because then you, you know, like, People say to get known as a as an instructor and for people to get a feel for you, you should you know, you should put out a free course. Mm-hmm. Well, Blab is a free course, so, so 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 people can come on, they can listen to you speak, they can get a feel for you, they can get a feel for your depth of knowledge, your style, everything else. Get get to know whether they like you or not, and then you can promote your courses or or, or send them to links that they can then go on and find some more information from you. So it's a it's a great way to engage in a saying. I've seen a lot of since I put out my my uh, my Blab for online instructors course. I've seen a lot of Udemy instructors you know, in, uh, embracing Blab, and it's 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 exciting stuff. That's yeah. awesome. And just to dovetail into that, we've been using a service called Zoom t- for private meetings. It's kind of like a, a tool that's just, in our opinion, a little better than GoToMeeting. So if privacy is your concern, you can you can use a tool like that to have a closed group. Uh, but I love what you're saying. We're all about moving the free line, and if you can do that by having your blabs be publicly accessible, what what a great content marketing effort! And uh, just for people who haven't used it yet, Blab has like four seats, I think, where you can have people uh, video feeds on, and you can like claim a seat. So you can also not only get questions from the audience typed in, but someone can actually come on camera and be there with you and hyper engage and ask questions. Uh, like that, so and I, I love the idea about the podcast, the way to do the podcast. So maybe we'll be uh, shifting how we do LMS cast too. So yeah. thanks for that too. Well, what I'm excited about is I think that there's a lot of opportunity for people um, to use these tools to just scale that human touch. I mean, we talk about that a lot, Chris, and and um, you know how we can use gamification and things to mimic what a teacher would do in a class like hey pay attention or you know get on with this course and here's a little gold star like we can mimic some of that but one of the challenges in that is is always mimicking that back and forth that spontaneous conversation and that body language and so what's exciting to me is to see teachers using this technology to take that aspect of the in-person classroom and bring it online um and i'm like really excited. I've looked at Blab a little bit, but I guess I didn't realize that you can actually have this. I've done Periscope and that's been a lot of fun. Um, and I've seen a lot of people more in the info marketing world really attached to that. But I love to see and hear from you guys what Blab is doing for the, the educator. That's really huge. Mm. I'm, I'm also still playing with Blab as a format for my podcast because now my podcast is starting to blow out to you know, an hour and a half. Everything because as, as Chris says, you can actually then bring somebody into a seat and have a discussion. So what, what I'll do is for the formal part of the interview, just to keep things nice and clean, I'll have those extra seats locked out so it's only me mm. and my guest. And so then people can, can they can still type and interact that way, but they can't sort of jump in and sort of distract and, and take us off topic because we want to get our information out. And then at the end, we do open up the seat and we invite people to come in and they have a chat and and it's it, it's it's awesome. So I've, I'm, I'm still waiting. Like, like most people say, they, they like the format, even though it's blowing out to an hour and a half. I'm asking whether we just keep you know, the interview to one episode and then say later on in the week, have, have the hot seat coaching and that sort of stuff as a separate mm. one at the end of the week. But no, the, I think what we're talking about here is turning presentation 
into education. Mm. And we find that the just putting up a, an online course, see, my experience is, is, is teaching in the workplace and workshops, the classroom, you know, face-to-face type stuff. So for me, putting stuff up onto a, you know, to a, to a video, it, it's fine. But when you're face-to-face and you, and you say something, you can tell straight away whether they, they get it or not. Like if their eyes roll in their head and, and they start, they go, well, I've got to put this another way. And mm. this, is, this is another thing that we've got to think about as online instructors, especially when we know that now we're online, our courses are going around the world and they're, they're being consumed by people whose maybe their language isn't, like English isn't their first language. And we make assumptions that people understand what we're saying. And then even if we are typing into, like if, if they ask us a question via email or whatever else, and we type back again, we're making assumptions that we're being understood and often we're not, whereas we know straight away in a, in a conversational sense we can, we can really help and guide the person through to their learning objective, which as instructors, that is our job to provide them the objective that they came to our course to receive. That's phenomenal. I love that. What are some of the ways that, uh, have you seen, I should say, people use this in a linear course, like where they, you know, they're doing uh, different lessons and then at some point they have like, and now it's time to get on a blab call? Like, are people using it in courses or are they using it more as a supplement to courses? What are some of the standard formats that people are using blab for? I think, yeah, I think, I think basically because due to the, the privacy issue on, on Blab, like you wouldn't you wouldn't put your your, your premium material up there because I said anybody can can get it. And I think if somebody has paid a, a premium price for a course, they get a little bit upset if if general public can jump into a Blab and and, and get some units for free. So we see it mainly as uh, as a coaching tool, as a a way for students. So so you can say, come on to a Q and A, do a ask me anything session or whatever else. So it's, it, it's definitely at this stage supplemental. And I, I, in, in all honesty, I can only ever see Blab as being supplemental. Mm-hmm. I, like the, I like the idea, and this is, this is where I want to take my future courses. I'm, I'm sort of in this you know, transitional period where I, I want to actually, I just want to be talking to you guys later about, about Lifter, but I want my courses to be like sort of webinar, so live presentation, so that there's an enrollment, we run we run a a course that goes for say six weeks. It's a weekly live presentation. Obviously, they're recorded, and then people can access the recording. And the next people who come along can access the recordings from the previous course, but they still have that that uh, that interaction. That's the way I want to go. Now, I don't I don't just want to just put up a video course and cross my fingers, hope for the best. I, I really want to sort of engage and be and be part of the learning experience with my students and make them, them accountable because then you know, they're on the call and I'm going to go, well, have you done it? You know, right. Come on. Mm-hmm. You know. yeah. yeah, we talk a lot about the dirty little secret of membership sites being that, you know, there's all this focus on getting the sale and putting the content behind a paywall. But the dirty little secret is a lot of people don't finish courses or engage with the courses and, uh, you know, we want to attack that problem. I mean, you may never get 100% success, but some of the numbers out there are low. Like if I log into my Udemy account and I look at what lesson course people are on, sometimes some people, it's surprising how many people haven't taken the first lesson, mm-hmm. you know, right. and that's for, that's for some paid courses, but it's definitely worse with the free courses. 
So yeah, it's really this, really important. I think to to make sure I always talk about this behavioral arc that happens where you know people um, they they're so motivated right away. Like you have this, like almost this, this sometimes not even 24 hour window where you can get them to do some things. And Mm -hmm. I don't think course creators spend enough time there in, in getting people to do some things to get that momentum, award them some badges. If you have gamification, um, to really get them down the road so that it's harder for them to leave because they feel like they've already accomplished something. We are not designing courses in that way. And, uh, you know, some of the old info marketers uh, actually did that really well. I think Eben Pagan did that really well back in the day. Like he would always have the, the you quick know, start, or the, the long, really long, like ninety-minute presentation right <laughs> immediately, and it's like, yeah, okay, I just paid you ten grand or something. Like, of course I'm going to do that. And then it was like back to back to back quick start modules, and then it was like one a week. But that trailed perfectly this. I'm hyper engaged, and then over the course of the next few weeks, I'm probably not that engaged, but I still can probably get a 20 minute presentation done once a week. And his retention and his success rate was insane because he understood the human behavior patterns. But what's exciting to me is if you think about organizing a course this way and then supplementing that with a blab or a periscope to check in to get that kind of in classroom, you can, you can kind of give people that punch in the ribs or kick in the butt to like get back in it. Like how many, you know, asking live, like how many people, you know, hit the heart symbol on Periscope is because that's what I'm familiar with. It's like hit the heart symbol. If you completed less than 10 yet and like no hearts, it's like, come on, like you can have that kind of coaching mentality um, and, and vibe and send that across the, the airwaves. And so it's really exciting. I, I think it's really cool. I think people need to look at course design, but also supplement with these types of really engaging platforms. So I'm excited to see you kind of pioneering this, Tim. This is really exciting. Yes, we're, we are really on the on the bleeding edge when it comes, and it, it is very very exciting times because you know, and people think, oh, you know, every, you know every, everybody's done a course on this and that, and I want to do a course, I can't get in, it's too late. Well, it's not. This you no know, online education is still very much in its infancy, infancy, and we can see by the tools that are available, that the tools are still very much in development. So we are in a very, very exciting time when it comes to teaching online with what's coming coming away. But I do agree that engagement has to be woven into the fabric of the entire course, and, that's, and that is from your content to your delivery, then to all your ongoing supplemental stuff. Because basically, if, you, if you're not teaching something that people want to learn, because the other big mistake that people fall into is that they – they teach what they want, want want to teach, and not what what people want to learn. Uh-huh. And just just and, and just to paraphrase a, a very common uh, statement into a course, is saying like, you know, a, a a good course will overcome poor marketing, uh-huh. but great marketing will never sell a poor course. So right from the very conceptual stages, you've got to make sure that you are hitting your market, have your avatar. And also make sure that you know, not only are you connecting with your students, but can your students connect and relate with you? And so this is so it goes through the entire process of design, right? You no, know, right from concept. Uh, that's so that's true. Awesome. So true. And it's funny. I just experienced that. I take online courses like crazy. I mean, I, I would say I don't have an addictive personality except when it comes to education. <laughs> and uh, a recent one that I took was a, a course by. Um, or I just started it actually last week. Uh, he's a guy, 
it's a personal development course from a guy named Wim Hof, who's uh, about meditation and breathing techniques and all these things. And you're so right. His marketing was no, not really, I mean, it was horrible pretty much. Um, even his course structure, he was using the old Kajabe from like two years ago, which is interesting. So he must have like, I don't know how he found that because I know Kajabe is on a new platform now, but, uh, but I didn't care. Like, cause the, like his delivery and who he was and how he presented things and, and the content he was sharing was actually giving results in every single touch point. I didn't care. And I'm someone who generally has no tolerance for really bad design that way, but he was just an incredible teacher. And that's actually something that, um, that, you know, at Codebox, we have some things that we're planning in the next, I'm sorry, at Lifter and Codebox, both of their companies, we're looking towards the future of creating some really cool training around how to teach online, which just because you can teach in person doesn't mean you're going to come across the same way online. There's a lot of things to mm-hmm. consider. And I think it's something that um, is often overlooked and it's underrated. People are like, I'll just flip on the webcam and I'll be fine. And it's like, no, there's a lot of other aspects to uh, to think mm-hmm. about. So That's so true. As I was saying, like transitioning from, because I've, I've, I've experienced that, transitioning from live, face-to-face, is totally different and and it doesn't matter how well you know human material and everything else getting in front of a camera and not having you like imagining you're talking to that one student is totally different than standing up in front of a classroom and and just seeing whether you like you like you soon know in a classroom whether you got their attention you soon know in a classroom whether you are explaining the the subject that they can understand mm-hmm. it's 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 immediate mm-hmm. you know online online training is is very very different and and there are and there are people who who have a fantastic knowledge of something, but when it comes to getting in front of the camera, they can they cannot relate it. And I just I just had a I just actually sent a message to a Udemy instructor yesterday because I was on the couch yesterday with a bit of bronchitis, but um, so I was I was catching up on some some courses, and I and I chewed through this course in I had it on you know, one and a half or two times speed, but I just chewed through it. And I and, and I sent him a message back after leaving a five star review, and I said, I said, mate, you know, I said, you know, there are courses that are a real struggle to get through, regardless of how good the information is. You, like as a student, you, you just it, it's it's a job, it's a it's a chore to actually get through it. And then there's and then there's courses where you just jump from lecture to lecture to lecture, and the the instructor is giving something of himself, and he's just dragging you along with with his excitement and his passion, and you're on a journey and then you hit that last lecture and you're actually disappointed and you're going, oh, what? It's over. And that, and, and that's what his course was like. So, you know, and then there's other courses where you think, oh my God, look, I really, I really need to learn this, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can't get through it. Yeah. You just struggle. It's really cool. That's a good point. So what else on your, your hot list, Chris? I know that you've got your, uh, Chris is like the best Q and A guy in the world. He's got mad at interviewing. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, I I guess what what what's a gem you can bring from your podcast experience from one of the people you've interviewed that really uh, you thought was like a real good nugget of wisdom around engagement. Well, you know, that's interesting because I've I've probably spoken to a, a a lot of people on my podcast about. Engagement and there's been so many gems. Wow, that's a, that's a good question. Might have to put, put the video on pause. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think 
the uh, or a theme if it's just everybody's talking yeah. about engagement, like what kind of theme from many people? Well, uh, well, as we said, like no engagement works at at, at every level of the course, you know, right from concepts through to you know, caring for your, you know, your students in, in the Q and A afterwards. I did um, interview Alexa Fisher, who is uh, actually an actress. Like she's got a, a she was on quite a few popular TV shows and everything else, and now she teaches people how to present and, and how to speak. And I suppose, you no, know, it was presence presence on camera and engagement. One thing is that when you see, I'm doing it all wrong here because I'm actually looking at you guys, but I should be looking straight into that camera mm-hmm. and talking to the camera. And that's, and that's one thing. And so a really, really good tip is if you're using your iPhone to to do your courses because because these days – no, the cameras on these phones are, are amazing, and I actually use my Samsung S6 to 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 film a lot of stuff. To to remind yourself to look into the camera and smile, get one of those little sticky notes and, and get a hole punch and punch a hole through it, and then put the hole sort of over the camera and draw a smiley face, just <laughs> yeah. so just just so that you know where the camera is on the phone. Because you know, once the camera's set back a bit, you're going, "Where's that? Where's that little that tiny tiny little hole where the camera is again?" Mm-hmm. So. That's obviously if you're using the front phone, so you can uh, front camera, so you can frame yourself, and then and then that smile thing, so that so that when you are talking, to talk into the camera, and and also don't script, but prepare. There there is a difference. Like, like people say, no, it's not good to script, and that's true. It's not good to script, but have an opening, a closing, and and three or four points that you want to discuss within, and know what you want to say before you before you say it, and, and maybe even. Uh, practice a little bit, yeah. But don't, but don't, but don't prepare a script. But so on engagement, speak clearly, slowly, and remember that for a lot of your audience, English isn't their first language. Mm-hmm. Yes, really good point. Really good point. Well, is there? I know it's hard. It's like picking a, your favorite children or whatever. But if an LMS cast listener is going to come over, what's a what's a good episode to start with on on your podcast? And could you say the name of it again? Uh, yeah, okay. The podcast is the Online Course Coaching Podcast, formerly known as the eCourse Domination Podcast. Uh, and you can find all the episodes at the uh, eCourseDomination.com website. Look, yeah, there's been so many great guests. It's, it's very, very difficult. I think starting out, though, the last interview I did was with a gentleman called Rob Coven. And it was more a, ge- a general getting started and, and sort of building your audience. And because he, he's, he's very, very successful, but he already had a large audience before he went on to Udemy. And he said that having having his list was really a big help and a, and a big put up when it came to, to becoming successful with his online courses. And I also come back to when I was listening to a podcast by Seth Godin. And in this podcast, it's, it's an old podcast, but he said it's like an author writing a book. And so he writes a book and he publishes it and then he starts smashing everywhere, my email and, and, and social media and saying, buy my book. Hmm. And people say, we don't even know you. Why should I buy your book? Whereas he should have, no, what he should have done is he should have had his blog. He should have been building those relationships and he, he probably could have got some, some information for his book from Know, from from his blog and everything else, but the point is that you, you know you want to build your audience, and it's very important to build your audience. And so, in in this light, in this last interview with with Rob Cubbon, we, we we go through the starting point from starting your blog, building your list, uh, 
and then your content, whether you, you know whether you're going to start creating your video courses straight up or whether you're going to start writing Kindle books. Rob did it the other way around. Rob actually wrote Kindle books and then he wrote, then he did his courses. Um, we talk about repurposing the material, so so our slideshows and 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 presentations and and, and how we can where and how we can repurpose everything. So I think as a as, as a general primer, that's probably a really good place to start. Is my is my is my latest interview with Rob Cubbin. That's great. I actually just I actually just listened to that one yesterday, and um, uh, another cool thing about that episode is he has cataloged his income reports over time, and I went and I looked at it, so you can see like this is how much he makes on Udemy over the past. I think he started in 2012, and it was neat to see the journey, you know, from a financial mm. perspective, because we're big believers that. You know, it's about creating impact and engagement, but it's also about creating income and you got to build a real smart business because it's a lot of work to put together and maintain courses and attract new customers and so on. So that was cool to see Rob's journey over time. Absolutely. One thing I have a question actually about that. So he wrote Kindle books to build his email list and then he pushed them to a course. That was kind of his progression. I believe so. I, I didn't. I didn't actually sort of ask that question, but yeah, the books, the books came first. I, know, I dare say it was to build his list. He's got quite That's a really cool. quite a large, quite a large list. Yeah, and then and then the question was asked. Like, no, come back to what Chris said about his his income reports and, and what he and what he publishes. And the question was asked, where does he get the most his most income from? And he said, well, undoubtedly, Udemy. Uh-huh. But then we had to look back and go, well, but, but just just backtrack a bit and have a look at Kindle. And in the, uh, in that first ten percent of the Kindle book, you've got a link back to your Udemy courses. So Kindle is a big traffic driver to the courses. So even though he's not, he's he's probably breaking even or making a loss on Kindle, it's driving the you know, the the audience over to his courses. So you know, it's it's that give and take. That's wonderful. That's cool. Well, we're kind of ra- coming into the end of the interview, and uh, I'm curious, Tim. What is something that um, you've you have as a, a success ritual or mantra or mindset or maybe a quote that that motivates you as an, an online educator? Is there anything like that that inspires you? <laughs> uh, whatever it takes is my mantra. That's good. That's really do, good. Do whatever it takes. That's good. That's awesome. And I'm gonna. I want to pull one more out of you, Tim. That I heard on a. I'm gonna butcher it, and then if you can tell me what you said. <laughs> Uh, on this episode, it might have been a while ago, but you said you addressed the question of someone wondering why they're not making money online from products. Do do you know the quote I'm talking about? And and it was it has something to do with not having enough products online. Yeah, uh, you, you referenced a famous internet marketer, and you were you were addressing the issue of like you know people get frustrated sometimes and wonder why it's not working or getting started. Do you, do you yeah. remember that quote? I do remember the quote, but I'm just trying to think that that was a while ago. But yeah, it, it was it was coming down to that that to succeed, you've got to have more than one more than one product. And yeah, so if you're not making enough money, then you don't have enough. You know, you don't have enough products. But yeah, it was yeah, it was a long time ago. <laughs> it was a but, while ago. It just stuck with me because it was like, yeah, you're right. You know, a lot of people. It's easy to like have the dream, like I'm going to get my course out there. But sometimes you got to make a lot of courses, or you know, you got to make that first course that maybe isn't great, but you have to start. Yeah, I think, and I think a lot, a lot of the times our, our our first courses aren't great. I'm not saying they're horrible, 
but no, I said I, I just said the other day, I, I look back at a course I, I did 12 months ago and uh, the audio in it is absolutely horrific. And that was using a microphone that was recommended by you to me at the time. And obviously, so technology has come a long way as well. But yeah, so I think no, you, you just got to get out there. And every time, it's, it's like everything, the more you do something, the better you're going to get. And it's, it is a progression. And yeah, I think they're saying if, if, if you're not making enough money, you don't have enough courses. We don't have you don't have enough products. You've got to you just got to keep on producing. Nobody, it's very very rare that somebody produces the you know, the the ultimate course and then goes away and makes a seven figure income from it. <laughs> right. So true. It's so true. Well, Tim, if people want to get in contact with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, the best way is obviously my is by email, and my email address is ask Tim at ecoursedomination.com, or they can just you know, go across to um, ecoursedomination.com. There is, a, there is a, a, a big purple button at the top right of that website. They can uh, go across to my Draw Me On Blab page, so then they can actually follow that through to find my Blab profile and follow me there. And then on that page, we also have what's coming up as far as the next upcoming Interviews, and I've got a very uh, exciting interview coming up in in a week's time with with a lady who went from being homeless to a seven figure earner, and wow. she's now in standing. She's going to she's in she's in the front runner to win some Telstra, well Telstra being a telecom communication mm-hmm. uh, coming here. But she's you know she's a she's going to win some uh, award for you know, a female entrepreneurship and that sort of stuff. So that's that's a that's an interview coming up wow. next week. That's really exciting. Well, Tim, thank you so much for coming on the show. I encourage everyone to go and, and check ecoursedomination.com out and uh, your podcast and everything that you're doing. Uh, we really appreciate you having you coming on the show here and, and chatting with our audience. And uh, yeah, thanks again. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, guys. It's been an absolute pleasure. I love it. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me on.